Happy Friday. It is, oh, yeah, Friday. Happy Friday. It is December 11th. I am Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. For those of you who are looking for a podcast yesterday, I apologize. We did the entire show. So if you're listening live and you listen to it streaming, then you heard the show. I, however, forgot to hit the record button. And so when we were done, we had no podcast to put out there for you to listen to and that's totally on me my mess up so sorry uh luckily Aaron took it in good spirits and laughed and said oops um but yeah yeah brain fart on my part I guess huh oopsie doopsie um so yeah as we were leaving we're talking about the fact that there is a virus uh vaccine rather that uh for for COVID that has been developed by a company called um uh CSL in Queensland and uh, in in, the, in Australia, and they have stopped uh, development because apparently, in creating the vaccine, they used bits of the um, uh, HIV virus and apparently, or a piece of a protein from an HIV virus. And apparently, when you get an HIV test, they check for that protein, and so consequently, there were people who were testing this and then showing up as uh, false positives for HIV. They didn't have HIV. They just had a little bit of this HIV protein that had been injected into them. And presumably that would flush out of their system at some point and they'll be okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, now, or or worse, they don't really talk about this, is uh, are they now going to test positive for HIV forevermore because they've been vaccinated with this thing? I don't know. Um, You know, who knows how long it will it will be a problem for them. But uh, certainly they're saying, yeah, there's no reason on earth. I mean, there, nobody was getting infected with HIV, but there's absolutely no reason on earth for them to continue the testing of this uh, vaccine when when they have that kind of issue created by the vaccine. Um, you know, they don't want to. Uh, I, I mean, if it was the only vaccine out there that had any chance of working, I think then they would say, OK, well, we'll live with that. We'll figure out some other way to detect HIV, you know, will create new HIV tests because we want to save lives now. But uh, but the fact that there are other options out there now available and being used already and being approved. Uh, and in fact, I guess the the Pfizer um, vaccine is supposed to be approved by the United States today. So we'll see if that's if that actually happens. And uh, and if we start seeing that one coming out, because uh, they're already using it, I think, in Canada and in Britain um, and a couple other places around the world. The Pfizer uh, vaccine has already been approved through their equivalent of the uh, uh, FDA, the Food and Drug Administration that we have here. And so uh, most countries have a some sort of uh, a board or or uh, division of the government that, you know, ensures the safety of of food and drugs. And so, uh, you know, there are people who are already using it. And apparently there's been some reactions to it, but they've been uh, allergic reactions, much like, uh, you know, people have some reactions to flu shots if you're allergic to uh, to eggs or if you're allergic to chickens or something along those lines because they use uh, bits of proteins from, from those. And, you know, ev- eventually they come out with, um, you know, vegan versions of the... Uh, of the vaccine 
that aren't based on 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 any egg material or any egg protein and then those people who are allergic to it can go get that alternative shot if they want to um, and they may do that as well with the Pfizer thing we'll see here's Aaron howdy dowdy guess what I'm actually recording today say what say that again you are recording I, today I actually am recording today I am verified yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I apologize to Yeah, I apologize to the listeners yesterday and thank you for your grace and not getting angry with me. But uh yeah, we went through the whole show yesterday and at the end I went to go uh you know, post it out online like I normally do and there's a few things that I do to kind of clean up the uh the audio file and get it ready for for streaming. And there was no audio file because while we did a perfectly good live show, I never actually hit the record button. Yeah. Whoops. You know, I mean, we've done 158 uh, back from the brinks, and number 159 is the Phantom Show that was never recorded. So, you know, in fact, I think just just in honor of that, I won't call this one 158. I will skip it because it's 158. Just you know, we'll live in mystery. It's like it's like the the hundred point game, right? Or or uh, you know, uh, I don't know. You know, at a hotel. Yeah, exactly. We'll just skip it. We'll go to one one sixty. This will be episode one sixty, and we'll uh, we'll just leave that blank there in honor of my mistake. Oh, you're just going to confuse people. But hey, I think yeah. it's awesome. Now, yeah, somebody's you know I'm going to have people at some point going, well, you know, well, it'll be that mythical thing. People go, you know, hey, what 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 was what was one fifty nine. And I, I bet right now, even if we, we somebody were to ask either of us, we'd go, I don't remember what we talked about. We do it every day. I don't remember the specific details of one day versus another, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. As much as I would like to say that I did. Um, yeah. So you did you read the article that you had uh, tagged there about Janet Yellen and, uh, and the expatriates, the uh, U.S. expatriates that uh, yes. have a request? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it boggles my mind. I actually had heard about this a couple of years ago and yeah. um, about how if you were, even if you were born in the U.S. and mm-hmm. you never really lived here. I mean, because if you were an infant, yeah. you know, who cares? Yeah. But Imagine your parents are on vacation in the United States and you come a month early. And so you're born here. But after their vacation is over and your mom, you know, is done delivering you, you guys pack up and you head home and you live in insert name of country here, any country in the world. You've yes. never actually lived in the United States. Technically, because you were born here, the U.S. considers you a U.S. citizen. Yes, and so you pay taxes to the United States. And yeah, or are, don't. Are, or don't, <laughs> right. And, and people are left going, what the hell? I earned the yeah. money in insert country here. I live in that in said country. I abide by their tax laws. Why and why? Even if you're an expat, why in the world yeah. do I have to pay you taxes? Yeah, I may not even. Yeah, I don't. I don't get any of your services. You know, right. although although the U.S. would say, yeah, but if you got kidnapped uh, because you're an American, air quotes American citizen, you know, the U.S. would be the ones who stepped in and, and saved you, uh, or okay. not. Okay, so you know, I mean, I suppose if you're living in a country where that that's a possibility, I, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're Swiss or Canadian or you know, Japanese, the likelihood of that happening are pretty slim. Yeah. I mean, there's actually people out there who don't even speak English, and yet technically they are an American. Could get an American passport if they chose to. Isn't that wild? Yeah. 
I know a gentleman who uh, was born and raised in Mexico. He he was English speaking, but I worked with him in a, a stereo store when I was in college, and uh, he. Uh, born and raised in Mexico, native Spanish speaker who spoke, learned to speak English. But um, uh, his mother, when he was born, took him to the French embassy. And I'm not quite sure what the specifics were, but because he had a, a grandparent or something who had been born in France, he was able to get a French passport. So he oh. was Mexican and French, even though he had never, ever been to France and doesn't speak That's French. Cool. Well, and and. You know, you can go pretty much anywhere with a French passport. Yeah. Yeah, his mom said that she just felt, he said that she told him growing up that she said, you know, that'll give you some advantages. And if you can take advantage of it, might as well do it. It cost, you know, it was minimal effort on her part to do it, to go claim it. And so she did. But she had to do it, you know, right when he was born. There's a window of saying, hey, you know, by the way, this kid is of French ancestry. And so she took advantage of it. And... To my knowledge, at least at that time, he didn't explain anything that had been an advantage to him. But, you know, it could be, like you said. Interesting. The French are... The, go ahead. No, there are certain countries... And it used to be the U.S. You could go anywhere on a U.S. passport. And um, there were a lot more rights. Like, you didn't... The visa requirements were different um, if you had a U.S. passport versus, like, a Colombian passport. Right now, right. there are restrictions on U.S. passports. Um, because of COVID, because of you know right. COVID being being you yeah. know a problem here, um, but there are well, even pre-COVID where it's not yeah. So pre-COVID, um, there are other countries where uh, certain passports are really valuable. Can Canada, the UK, you know others that where you know mm -hmm. you're from those countries and it's it's easier to go from point A to point B. Yeah, if you're perceived to be coming from a country that that. Uh, has a less controversial sort of political stance in the world, um, then it's easier for you to travel around than if you're coming from the United States. Right. In some in some places, I mean, there's some South American countries that aren't thrilled to have you know Americans traveling through. I um, uh, have I think I shared I was watching I watched the Apple TV series uh, Long Way Up with Ewan McGregor and uh, and I'm forgetting the name of his friend, but they it's the third time they've done this. They do a, a, a basically a long road trip on motorcycles and and spend time camping and, and living in, you know, people's houses and stuff as they travel. And so they started at the tip of South America and came all the way up to the United States. And Ewan McGregor is a naturalized U.S. citizen. While he still has his, his uh, British passport, he was traveling on his U.S. passport. And um, as they came up through the United uh, up to um, the United States, there were a few countries that they had some issues and were held up at the border trying to get their their uh, get their visa so that they could travel through the country, get their passport stamped. And had they been traveling, had he been traveling on traveling on his uh, British uh, passport likely he wouldn't have had those same issues. And he even points that out at one point. But he says, no, I wanted to travel on my U. He says, I just became a U.S. citizen. I'm proud of it. And, what you know, I want to travel on that and get the stamps in that passport. Hey, good for so, him. Yeah. So. so interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, this whole thing of the expatriates and, and, and what they're, uh, how they're treated by the U.S. is interesting. And, uh something that probably could stand to be rethought. As they pointed out, if you count up the number of U.S. expatriates and if they were to count that population as a state, they would be the 11th most populous state. So there's quite a few of them out there who are people who are American citizens but do not reside in the United States. Um, 
and you know presumably they have to identify as a resident of a specific state somehow right. you know so wherever so wherever they were born is the state that they then are you know if if they don't identify as having a different residence that's probably the state that they are then considered a resident of for tax purposes and so you know that that whole thing probably needs to be rethought you know the thing that's really interesting um, uh, is you know I understand. So if you are if you are living, say you're from you're from the United States, you're living in Germany because your your company is headquartered in Germany and whatever. And so, but there's a, there's an you will at some point probably come back. You will at some point, you know, you're working there for a few years and and you're and you're going to be moving back to the states. You know, as you move up the supply chain or the food chain. I don't know. I can understand them still being, you know, because there's still a connection. Their family's still in the United States. Maybe they still have a uh-huh. residence in the United States. That makes sense to me. But the people who have never, you know, a, a, apart from being born in the U.S., they've never. There's no connection. That they yeah. them owing money makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there is a means by which they can go and basically reject their U.S. citizenship, and and disassociate themselves but apparently it's a fairly long drawn out and expensive process which so also seems they, silly they have to? That's, yeah, silly. yeah yeah well my my you know i mean again going back to that example of hey somebody was born here because they came early and you know they've literally never lived here and possibly don't even speak english i think a lot of those people go yeah okay here's my birth certificate it says u.s on it but i mean other than that i literally will never I don't deal with them I don't pay the taxes because I've never been there nobody's you know sending you know as an adult they don't even know where I am the US doesn't know who I am and doesn't care I am you know <laughs> and most countries in the world um a lot especially a lot of European countries don't care if you also have citizenship somewhere else so you can have dual citizenship the US doesn't recognize that in the US if you're a US citizen you're a US citizen and they don't recognize dual citizenships but um but say you live in, you know, in France or Britain or something, um, you know, like I was ma- mentioning, Ewan McGregor, he has two passports, one as a British citizen, one as a U.S. citizen. He has them both because he's he's from Scotland and that's part of Great Britain. And, uh, uh, you know, they don't care. So, I mean, he, you, you could literally be a U.S. citizen in that instance, live in Europe and have your your passport and your, you know, and your association with whatever country you actually live in and just ignore the u.s completely the only time that might run into an issue i suppose is say you travel to you know on vacation as an adult sometime you say hey you know let's let's go to disneyland of course that's not happening today because covid but um but uh you know i guess then technically the u.s could like you know flag you for tax evasion or something while you're you know on vacation yeah but again that just doesn't make any sense to me yeah and how are they going to tag Bob Smith traveling on a French visa to a birth certificate for a Bob Smith born here, you know, 40 years ago in, you know, Peoria. Great Falls, Minnesota or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's funny. We both went know. there. Some weird, you know, uh, uh, random Midwest town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like neither one of us went like L.A., you know. <laughs> Which honestly, it'd probably be the you know you're lost in the crowd there. 
I mean, yeah, how do they tie that to you, right? How are they going to know that you're that Bob Smith and that you owe those back, back taxes, like, I yeah, think? Yeah, coming you know? in here on your Singapore and soft, uh, passport you know. or whatever. Yeah, the only way that that would ever get hap- you know, tagged is if, you're, if you know, it turns out that, you know, you're actually, uh, um, you know, Hugh Grant. You know, it turns out that Hugh Grant was actually born while his parents were on vacation, and he's a big name, and so they would, the U.S. would then, you know, make a big deal about, hey, you owe us money. And I'm, obviously, Hugh Grant's not, that's not the yeah. case, but I mean, you know. He's very and, English. Yes. Very English and by many accounts, not the cute and charming guy that he seems to play in the movies, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about him other than he's very English. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember, he was the one who um, uh, was arrested oh, yes. for soliciting yes. prostitutes <laughs> yes. when he was that's dating, right. um, um. What was that actress's name? Um, beautiful woman. I can't think of her name now. Um, Elizabeth Hurley. Yes, Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. Um, yeah, very attractive lady. And, and you know, and Hugh Grant. And I'll never forget, I happened to be watching uh, The Tonight Show after that broke. And, uh, and Jay Leno, it was the host at the time. And he comes out and Jay Leno, you know, smiles and looks at him and goes, well, thank you for coming. I wasn't sure that you would actually come here tonight. And he goes, well, you know, I've got to get on with things. And, and he says, okay, so I got to ask you, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> it was beautiful. I mean, it was like exactly what everybody in America was, you know, around the world was thinking is like, what the <laughs> dude, you know, and, and he, and his response was equally honest and straightforward. Um, well, obviously I wasn't, <laughs> you know, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah. Speaking of Elizabeth Hurley, and I think we've talked about this, my favorite movie, one of my, not my favorite movie, but one of my favorite movies is uh-huh. Bedazzled. Yeah, when she plays, she plays the devil with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, she plays Satan <laughs> in that movie, and she does a great job. She really does. <laughs> she really does. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but recently there was something that popped up in my news feed about Elizabeth Hurley, and she's like 50-ish now, I think. Yes. And uh, uh, there was like a picture of her and uh, with her uh, son, I think it is, and he's like a model, no surprise, and she still looks fantastic. Yep. You know? Yep. She, yeah. She was born in 1965. Okay, so she is 55. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people just got the genes, and I'm sure she Thank takes you. care of herself and works, and, you know, I mean, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. And, yes, there's makeup and, and, you know, good lighting and stuff, but, I mean, the pictures I've seen, you know, they also show pictures of her, you know, in at the beach. She owns a, a beachwear line of swimsuits, and so I think she, um, she air quotes, leaks photos of her in her in her suits every so often because she's still able to model her suits at 55 so yeah wow i don't think i could model anything and if i if somebody saw me in a swimsuit first of all the the blinding whiteness of my pale pasty body would probably put somebody's eyes out but uh you know that the the you know blubberous bouncing globules of disgust would uh probably uh nauseate those who weren't blinded. So anyhow, yeah, you know, I, I think, did uh, I paint a visual I think, picture there? When, I, I think everybody's in 
that boat, and after having been yeah. locked down for the better part of a year, um, yeah. this this gyms and weight loss centers and all of that are going to be booming. And everybody goes, can we can we can actually go to all these places again, um, because next swimsuit season is going to come too fast for many of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just reading here in the Wikipedia page about that whole Hugh Grant thing while he was dating um, her in 1995 is when Hugh Grant was uh, uh, caught soliciting services of a prostitute while dating Elizabeth Hurley. They actually stayed together through that. They were together for 13 years, and they had an amicable split in 2000. So is her model's son his son as well? Uh, no. Uh, her son was born in 2002, and her the baby's father is a businessman, Steve Bing, uh, ah. who initially denied um, uh, paternity, but a DNA test established that Bing was the, 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 the father, and Hugh Grant is his godfather. Apparently, they're still friendly. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's nice. and she's she's godmother to uh, uh, David Beckham and Victoria Beckham's sons. Oh, cool! That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I, I actually so. like her because she's got kind of a punk attitude. Like punk is in like like punkers, like the punk rock scene in London. Yeah. As she was growing up, she identified, I think, with that punk scene, and she's got that kind of edginess to her. Um, that kind of effort attitude, and I like that. I think she's, I think she's pretty cool. Yeah, I do too. From what I've seen of her, she seems like she's a uh, a pretty nice person, and and you know, very interesting. Yeah, that she she, um, you know, like a lot of people who are very attractive. I think that that a lot of things, and I mean, not that life is easy for anybody just because they're pretty, but but you know, certain aspects of her life were maybe a little easier because she's pretty, but I don't think she seems to take that for granted. She seems like she's a, a pretty uh, grounded person. So, um, but that's all, you know, bits and pieces that we piece together from, from, you know, entertainment news and things like that. So we actually don't know her at all. For all we know, she could be a, uh, a horrible person, but, but she yes. doesn't seem like it. She doesn't seem like it. <laughs> she doesn't seem that way. So she's crafted mm-hmm. her image very well. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? The irony is, too, by the time you get to age, you know, 55 or something like that, you've been she's been in the public eye since, you know, basically since 1995 when Hugh Grant cheated on her um, that, uh, uh, you know, she um, you you, you, you kind of are who you are in public at that point. You know, it's like this is who I am. You know, you, you can continue to act and and behave in a certain way and present yourself a certain way but at some point you know the you starts coming out you know and and whether it be in you know little bits and pieces or if it's just sort of you from the get-go um you know so by most accounts she seems like she's a uh, reasonably nice person and i i agree with you i loved bedazzled um you know she's done some other things but bedazzled was was just that was perfectly cast she was really funny she definitely was so. She's in a 2020 was. film, the first one in six years, called Then Came You. I don't know if that's actually been released that yet or like not. sounds like a romantic comedy. Yeah, it's a romantic comedy directed by somebody whose name I can't pronounce because it looks like it's maybe Italian. Uh, Kathy Lee Gifford did the screenplay. That's interesting. Stars Craig Ferguson, Gifford, Ford, Kiernan, Felidia Law, and Elizabeth Hurley. Released in the U.S. September 30th uh, in the theaters, which means that nobody saw it. I feel so bad for people working in that business right now. I mean, they're just nothing. 
Yeah. You know, not that they, you know, you feel sorry for them. You know, I don't feel sorry for the stars who have millions of dollars and have to decide which of their houses they're going to, you know, live in right now. Right. I feel, right. you know, they're fine. I feel bad for the, the cameramen and the, the, the food services people and the, you know, the people who do the lighting and, uh, you and know, all those names that actors who don't make bazillions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. All those, you know, the 70 other people that you see in the film, besides those that are, that have them all the major speaking parts that make, you know, a few bucks and, uh, and then move on to the next film. Yeah. So, uh, so apparently in October it became available on video on demand. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll go check it out. We'll see, see what it's, it runs so, 97 minutes and I like a good rom-com. Absolutely. And I know your wife does. Yeah. You think <laughs> she doesn't even like a good one. She just likes, a, she likes lots of bad rom-coms. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And I say this knowing that she's probably not listening. She listens to the radio show. She doesn't usually tune into the podcast by this time she's teaching. But, um, you know, knowing this, um, well, I guess she doesn't teach for another hour. So maybe she's listening. Dear, if you're listening, it's nothing I don't tell you normally. You know my 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 feelings about the, the, uh, the shows that are on Hallmark Channel and Lifetime. And they're all like, they're okay. They're cute. She's probably Very off- laughing. Yeah, very, very often, you know, they, and, and yeah, I mean, she knows she just gets tired of me making fun of them because uh, I do it a lot and that that's fair, you know, uh, but, you know, it's for like me about the violent movies, like the John Wick-esque, you know, yeah, no plot, just, just violence. Porn yeah. And it's like, why are you sitting here way. watching this garbage? You know, exactly. <laughs> and it's like. Because look at how he moved. It's like a da- it's like a dance movement as he spins and shoots and kicks and you know it's like ooh that's awesome. <laughs> you know, speaking of John Wick, you know he's got a fourth Matrix film that is supposed to be out. Apparently, it's in the can. That's one of the ones that's sitting out there waiting to find a theater um, oh. and may end up streaming somewhere eventually. Um, oh. And the uh, so far the biggest hit of the year was the movie Tenant that he and I were able to see in that like split second that there was a theater open. Um, us and the other six people in the theater enjoyed it immensely. Um, and, uh, and, uh, that will be available for streaming on the 15th. Oh, cool. So those of you who didn't risk the theaters to go see tenant and are interested in a very interesting sort of time twist sci-fi movie, uh, that's actually pretty well done. Um, I was, I was pleased with that, that movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. It, uh, will be out on the 15th for, um, streaming and, and purchase. And so, um, I think it's going to be one that you have to purchase through like either Amazon movies or, uh, iTunes or something like that. Apple TV. Um, I don't think they're just going to be like on HBO or anything yet, but that'll probably come later on one of those streaming platforms. But yeah, Tenet was quite good. And, uh, you know, I mean... I remember we were concerned about going and seeing that in the theater, but again, when we got there, we were two of six people in a in a theater for three hundred. Nobody was within thirty or forty feet of each other in that place, and we all kind of sat in corners. It was pretty funny with our masks on, sliding popcorn underneath the mask. But you still had fun, right? We had a great time. It was a fun outing. It was the first time we'd gone to a th- a movie in, you know, probably six months, and. uh and it'll probably be that long before I go to another theater, the way things are going. So, 
Yeah, if there's any theaters left, right? Hope so. Hope yeah, so. I, well, you know, with the with the vaccine looking like it's coming, if yeah. these companies can just hang on, um, yeah, you know, and I believe that people will will flock to yeah. bowling alleys and movie theaters and yeah. Oh, I miss my bowling and, team because we're we've been locked up for so long. We have. It's been crazy. Yeah, I miss my bowling team. Something awful. Um, uh, you know, just hanging out with those guys and and uh, rolling a plastic ball down a wooden lane or fake wooden lane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had talked about the um, uh, uh, previously about the uh, fact that Warner Brothers had just recently announced that they're going to basically simultaneously release all of their 2021 movies in the theater and online. And a lot of theaters are livid about it. They're not happy. Um, and of course they can always back off that if, if things open up fully, you know, but until then I kind of understand what they're doing. Cause I had forgotten when that story broke that Warner is owned by time Warner, which also owns HBO. And Hey, I lost Aaron. Interesting. Okay, so anyway, Warner is owned by Time Warmer, and um, you there? Ah, I dropped you. Sorry about that. Yeah. Hey there. So, um, yeah, I was saying that that uh, you know Warner Home Movie or or Warner, um, who said they were going to take all of their movies from 2021 and put them onto HBO Max, is owned by the same company as HBO Max, and uh, and so. HBO has been, you know, they, they've been converting into this. They, they wanted to create HBO Max as an equivalent to Netflix. And so in, in doing that, they're going to try to draw people there by taking all of their movies and blockbusters that were set up for 2021 release and streaming them to HBO Max same day as theaters. They're going to get a lot more subscriptions because thus far, HBO Max has been a little bit of a flop. There's not been a, a large sign up. And so that's been covered in the news. So this now makes more sense in that. They're not just doing this because there's no theaters and they've got these movies in the can. They're doing it because their their sister company, HBO Max, uh, needs a shot in the arm to get their service going. And so if you want to watch, um, uh, you know, well, I think the one I mentioned was Wonder Woman 1984, which is the first movie that will go direct to video simultaneous with releasing the theaters on Christmas Day. Uh, you have to go to HBO Max to do it, which means you have to have an HBO Max uh, subscription. And so this is a way for HBO to artificially prop up the streaming service that they're trying to get going. And to, uh, and, and so it makes a lot more sense. It's not just a, Hey, we don't have theaters. Right. You know, so by the way, you know, also is, I found some, Oh, go ahead. You think about things that disrupt the market. And mm -hmm. I think this has been as disruptive Maybe not quite, but almost as, as disruptive to the market as the the tech revolution in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, this being because, COVID. Yeah, speaking of COVID, because of of how much businesses have had to rethink how they. Maybe it's as disruptive, like more disruptive, because how they how how much businesses had to rethink how they do business. And, and what it might look like for them moving forward because the reality changed so dramatically yeah, uh, uh, and so quickly. Right. I agree that the disruption is probably about the same in terms of the level of disruption. What's different is that this is a much more compressed timeline. 
you know, Indeed. as technology rolled out, companies evolved to deal with it over the course of several years. COVID dropped like a like a machete into a woodblock, you know, and it was like boom before before yes. COVID, after COVID, and yes. so uh, you know, suddenly everybody was scrambling to figure out, well, what's a new business model? The business model we worked with before is no longer sustainable. So now what do we do? You know, and um, uh, the, you know, Mulan was Disney's, you know, we've got it in the can. We've got to do something with this movie. You know, it's costing us money on our investment just sitting there. And so they ended up streaming it on Disney Plus for 20 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever the cost was. That turned out, by the way, to be a complete bust. They lost tons of money on that movie uh, because not enough people went and spent the 30 bucks to buy it. Well, and I gotta be honest with you, I think that they made the movie for a Chinese audience and it didn't appeal to a, um, a U.S. audience like they thought it would. Um, yeah. From what I understand, I didn't watch it, but from what I understand, there were a lot of things that were that right. people didn't like because of that. Well, and very specifically, they um, used a Chinese actress to play the Mulan character and weeks before the movie was supposed to drop it came out publicly that she had been making some statements in support of the Chinese government uh, in their actions with the uh, Uyghurs and that really didn't land well in the United States yep so I'm at Panera and they just brought me curbside I've joined their um their coffee club for like nine dollars a month oh they're having mm -hmm. a a three month free trial for nine dollars a month you can get unlimited panera coffee cool so yes so but you don't I, just get the coffee do you no i've got a bagel too yeah there we go they can make some good bagels <laughs> they do they do they make a good bagel you know, now I know there's some people who go, yeah, there's no such thing as good bagel outside of the confines of New York City. Okay, um, fine, but I don't live in know, New York City, and I need a bagel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or, and I've also heard that Montreal has some really good bagels. In fact, I heard somebody argue that that the New York City bagels aren't any good anymore. And if you really want a good bagel, you need now need to go to Montreal. And I'm going. You guys are getting further and further from my house. Yeah. <laughs> you know? okay, please, Mr. Hipster, I'm just going to go to my local shop and get a bagel. And if I like yeah. it, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple bagel chains out there. To me, those bagels are fine. Just like, you know, if you want a hamburger, McDonald's is fine. It's not like the the uh, gourmet version of anything. It's fine. You know, fine. the most popular place to go get a cup of coffee in the United States is Dunkin' Donuts. It's fine. You know, <laughs> Starbucks is uh, is great. Um, if you want to spend a lot of money, I think their coffee tastes burnt. I think we've talked about this. That's an opinion we share. Um, but you know, terrific. Go there, do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'm with you that, that sort of hipster idea. If you spend more for it, it's better. <laughs> you know? And, and, yeah. and I think those that we would identify who, who self-identify as hipsters would probably argue the point. No, no, better is better. And I don't, I have no problem with saying, Hey, I'm, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to treat myself to a good version of whatever that is. Right. Yes, but um, I'm not going to tra travel 3,000 miles to get a cup of coffee and a bagel. Right. But if I happen to be 3,000 miles away from home, I'm going to say, hey, you know, we're close. Why don't we go try this place? Exactly. Um, you know, I did did take my 16-year-old daughter on a trip to San Francisco. The whole family went. But specifically because she, she wanted to go try a 
um, what was it? It was a um, a maple glazed a, a a maple bacon glazed donut from a place in San Francisco. And so that, we that actually does not sound appealing to me, but I know a lot so, of people like maple. I, it, I'm not a maple it, fan. Yeah, and and it first it was like, huh? But okay, we tried it. The donut was outstanding. It was outstanding. I've got to say that same donut shop served a cup of coffee that that I wouldn't feed to my worst enemy because the coffee, <laughs> although it looked beautiful, the coffee was terrible. Um, and in fact, uh, you know, on a on a repeat visit many years later, uh, we were still talking about how bad the coffee was, <laughs> but we went back to go get a donut, and they were sold out. Because we went too what, late in the day. What was the donut shop? What's it called? I have no idea. I can't remember. I can tell you where it is. It's in a really crappy part of town, um, on the south side of uh, in uh, the Mission District in oh, wow. uh, San Francisco. So, and so, is, yeah. was it Voodoo Donuts? Because there's a Voodoo Donuts in Portland that is right across the street from the Mission in Portland. Right. Um, no, this is not a chain. Stand in line forever to get get Voodoo. I didn't know if the the Portland location is is their original. I didn't know if they had expanded. Yeah, no, this is a one, you know, one owner place that, that has no other uh, locations. I can't, I, I, I've got a picture of the front of the place. I could probably find it for you, but I, I, yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) such as it is. Right. So I, I, I enjoy bagels. I think they're, uh, I think they're yummy and I like Panera's coffee a lot. And they have this now kind of what they call Madagascar vanilla um, syrup that they that they use to sweeten it a little bit. So I just get one cup of that, and because uh, I, I normally don't like to sweeten my I, I normally don't sweeten my coffee, but I'm not a big fan of of just plain like almond milk, and that's their only non-milk milk. And I mean, I suppose I could just get half and half. I just like the sweet. I just like the the Madagascar vanilla, so I treat myself to a little, uh, to a one pump in my coffee. It's so. called Dynamo Donut and Coffee. It's at, uh, it's in the Mission District, and it is uh, 2760 uh, is the street address, but I can't see the name of the street. Uh, so on. it's Excuse Dynamo me. Donut and Crappy Coffee. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it was uh, horrible. Yeah, it's on um, 24th Street. So it's 2760 24th Street, San Francisco, in the Mission District. Um, you know, wear wear shoes and gloves because you don't want to touch anything. While you're, not necessarily in the restaurant, but in the neighborhood, walking to the places. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty... Yeah. What's nice is they have a walk-up window, so you don't even have to go inside. Um, but again, if you don't get there early, they will be out of a lot of their, their uh, pastries. Uh, but it's, yeah, Dynamo Donut and coffee. Don't drink the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Make your coffee at home and then go get your donut. That's right. I mean, let's put it this way. I've said I don't like Starbucks that much. Get your Starbucks coffee on your way and then stop there for a really, really good maple bacon glazed donut. So... Anyhow, I can't even picture that. I can't even, I can't even picture that. Um, you know, again, yeah. I, I don't like maple syrup on my bacon. You know, I don't. I just. Uh huh. They have like, that. You like can maple. get like make. You can get like maple glazed bacon too in places. But yeah, I'm with you. I get it. I understand. I don't disagree. I, I mean, I, I, I recognize that that's an issue. Uh, that said, <laughs> doesn't bother me. 
Yeah, I don't eat a lot of donuts anymore, or not anymore. I never ate them a lot, but I mean, um, I don't remember the last time I went and got a donut and said, you know, I think sometime during COVID, one weekend, my wife ran to the store and there's a donut shop that's owned by a family whose kids I used to coach in swimming, and she brought home like an apple fritter or something. And so I think nice. once in the last nine months, I've had a donut. Um, nice. So that tells you how often I eat donuts, but yeah, um, you know. Christie's Donuts. Shout out to Christie's in, in Corona. Anybody wants to get a good donut, they actually make a really good donut. Huh. So I know so. that the, the, the folks that I work with, um, there's several of them who love donuts. And so they would bring donuts into the office. Well, of course, that hasn't been a thing since March. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been since at least then or more since I've had donuts. Yeah. So. Now I want a donut, Todd. Sorry. I'm thinking the same thing. I may have to go out and uh, and get some. Yeah, by the way, also another place in San Francisco, there's apparently a quite a, a, um, a well-known bakery there called Tartine Bakery. Um, same, same deal. Get there early if you want to have a good selection because when you get there later, you get what they got because they only make so much. And it's also in the Mission District. So again... Uh, you know, wear physical protection from the environment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I say that because, you know, the Mission District is known for, um, uh, and, and I don't want to degrade the city or anything, but it's it's a place where there's, you know, there there's maybe you may see homeless people sleeping in places. There There's places where people have, you know, urinated on the wall. It, there are, are needles and the city is cleaning things up. It's not like it's a horrific unsafe area or anything, but I wouldn't be there at night if you paid me. Um you know, it's just, it's not a great area. Um, but, uh, you know, it's also probably one of the most affordable places to live in San Francisco because let's face it, it's not affordable to live in San Francisco. No, it's not. Yeah. So apparently a Georgia coach, um, has received a lifetime ban from youth football because he smacked a student. Can you imagine? There was a smacked as in hit. As in hit, yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, he, it was it was a uh, caught on video, and that video has gone viral. Um, okay, what was, kind of hit? Like smack him on the butt and say good job, or, or, you know, which no, is probably hit. inappropriate these days, or like punch him in the face. Like, well, I didn't I didn't see the video. I'm just reading the article, but it does. Okay. This is from Fox News, and um, uh, he was hitting the player. I mean, it wasn't a fun loving thing. He hit the he hit this kid. So he should not be coaching. No. And so um, uh, he he apparently he hit the player twice and knocked him to the ground. Um, and so he he will not be allowed at the 2020 national championships and he will be prohibited from entering the venue in Kissimmee, Florida. So they his ban is absolute. Um, mm -hmm. Can you imagine? I yeah, the video. um uh, so at the AYF, so American Youth Football, I'm guessing, tournament officials were provided with a cell phone video of a nine and under coach. These are kids. Nine and under. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Gerald you Williams know. behaving in complete breach of the AYF code of conduct. 
the video was then provided to AYF the morning after the incident and was turned over to yeah. uh, the Osceola County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, uh, see, I'm thinking like high school age kid or something that you, you know, and when I said like, you know, it's not something as a coach I've ever done, but I've seen football coaches as kids are running off as the kid runs by, you know, you, you smack him and, and with a, with a slap on the back or on the butt and say, good job, good job, you know, and whatever well, yeah. I've seen, I've that. seen coaches do that. And, you know, in today's, I mean, 20 years ago, people would have gone, huh? But today now people were like, oh, why did you hit him on the butt? You know, but so even that's probably considered inappropriate at this point in time, but the, idea that he would actually hit a child yeah he he needs to be banned from sports and 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 the authorities need to look at it and say whether there's a problem here you know and and say does this guy need to be charged with something because that's not not acceptable so this is this is what he this is the coach's statement i'm gonna i'm gonna read it just how it, it appears i'm gonna apologize for my actions at the end of the day i'm a man i ain't gonna make no excuses for what i did i was wrong I should have dis- I shouldn't have disciplined him, disciplined him, hit him in public. I should have waited till he got back. At the end of the day, I apologize to him, the kids, the city, and my family back at home. I do apologize. There's no excuse for my actions. He forgave me, and his parents forgave me, so nobody else could be bashing me. And that's that's what the coach said. Hmm. He shouldn't have hit him in public. There was the problem. Right. I should have waited till I got home. That's that's terrifying. So, yeah, go although, although the, I, I will say though that the, the, you know, the tendency to want to strike a child, I think every parent has had the the urge to want to hit your child, the little son of a. I said, <laughs> I said, go to bed. You know, I mean, everybody's been in that moment where you know, and by saying, I should have waited, you know that you will then approach it in a more calm fashion. So I don't necessarily think that he was implying that I should have waited later and then I would have hit the little, you know. I think that that, <laughs> you know, so-and-so. right. I don't think that just, just by the way, you know, you read it as he said it or as he, as it was quoted, doesn't strike me as somebody who is as articulate as, as he would, you know, we would necessarily right. want him to okay. be in that situation. So, so I will give him that benefit of the doubt. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not one of those to say that, you know, a, a, a spanking is not something that is something, you know, that should be outlawed or, or throw a parent in jail, but that's parents purview. That's not a coach's thing. You know, coaches. And that yeah. will be our final word because we're out of time. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll leave that. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today on back to the brink. It is a Friday, so we will take the weekend off. I hope that you all do the same and enjoy, and we will be back on Monday on our radio show on KCA radio in the Inland Empire. That's uh, 1050 AM, 106.5 and 102.3 FM. And we'll be on at 6 AM there. And then we'll follow that like we always do with Back from the Brink live streaming and podcast downloads on your favorite podcast player. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Thank you.